0: Hey there. Welcome to Nick Pollock and Friends, where I talk to people I know and who you should know. Today's guest is Derek Cardi. You might know him as the creator of The Bat X and, of course, The Bats. He's done incredible work at both Roto-Grinders and ESPN. And I remember in Tout Wars being incredibly intimidated, sitting seeing him laughing off with Tristan Cockroft before I was anywhere close to being in Tout Wars. Derek Cardi, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate
0: it. Absolutely. Um, so I have, I have so many different things I want to talk to you about today. Um, obviously, I want to jump in with uh, at some point about your whole projection system, how you, that became a thing and and really kind of digging into the, the nuts and bolts of how you create that stuff. But before we get there, as I do with everybody, I want to start at the beginning with you and how, how your journey came to be to where you are now. Uh, so very first... Where are you from, and what were the dreams and aspirations of young Derek Hardy? Uh
1: young Derek Hardy wanted to play in the NBA, but that there was very little chance of that ever happening. Um, I I loved playing basketball as a kid. Um, I I grew up on it. You know, my family, my grandpa played for Seton Hall. My mom was uh, an All American player herself. Oh, wow. So like, I I loved basketball. Um, I was I was okay. You know, I was never amazing,
0: but. Uh, that was definitely kind of where my my love of sports came from. Oh, man. So were you an outside shooter? Did you have handles? What was your skill set like? <laughs> so I was
1: tall when I was younger. So like I started, you know, as like a center. But then sure. as, as I got older, like into high school, you know, everyone kind of grew. Um, so I kind of switched positions. Like I started as a center. By the time I finished, I was a point guard. Um, so I kind of I, I played everything at oh, one man. point or another.
0: Okay, what these days I do want, like, you know, we keep talking about this, like, going to the first pitch Arizona and hosting, like, a wiffle ball game or something like that, but there are a good amount of us that play, that ball, like, legitimately play basketball, and I would love to see a, I don't know, a fantasy baseball community uh three-on-three tournament or something like that That would be so much fun (laughs) (laughs) oh that would be incredible um but i mean so so you're saying that you wanted to play basketball at some point you're like okay this isn't for me did you ever pick it up in some way after like for example i've been coaching for almost 10 years now um and because it's just super fun to coach basketball have you done anything like that or have you like played in rec leagues now
1: Um, it's been a while since I played, I did coach a lot of rec basketball and youth basketball when I was in like high school and, and like in the summers in college. Um, so that was, that was cool. I like doing that. The last time I actually played was kind of similar to what you just described about a year ago, right before the pandemic Roto grinders has, has a party for like everyone who kind of like works for the company every year. And they had like an internal, like five on five full court basketball tournament where there were like four teams. Um, so that that was actually a lot of fun. That was the first time I'd played in a long time. And uh I tried to bring out I had these T Max shoes. I don't know if you remember T Max shoes, but they oh, were like course, these, yeah, these like badass shoes. I was like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna pull out my T Max is gonna be great. Um, the treads and the entire bottom of the shoe was completely worn out. I was slipping <laughs> all over the place. It was awful, but it was <laughs> it was a lot of
0: fun. <laughs> Oh man, I remember the uh, the hairbone. That was always the kind of uh, uh, grip I always needed on the bottom mm-hmm. of my shoes. That's the uh, the jagged like triangles up and down, up and down, pretty much like a, a, a triangle sine wave. That's the haribone thing. I was like, every single shoe I had had to have that on it. Um, oh, that that sounds so great. Uh, I, I I've been playing some Zog before the pandemic and everything, which is in New York City. It's just like wreck. Uh, um, you know, you have teams and everything like that. I, I remember actually. <laughs> I mean, there's so many bad memories of losing in the finals of that, from playing like six games in one night and just being too tired to hit two free throws with 10 seconds left and we lost that game to losing at the buzzer on a layup in another. It, it, it's just been so painful that I've stopped playing. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I would love to do a tournament like that. That sounds amazing. Um, now, you said that in high school, you're like, okay, I'm not gonna pursue that. So how did you shift? I mean, I don't really, it doesn't sound like to me like you were like, oh, I'm going to be an NBA star for too long. So what was, you know, what was young Derek focusing on at that point?
1: Um, I mean, I was, uh, I was always a a really good student. Like it's probably not going to come as much to surprise to people, but (laughs) I I liked math growing up and I was pretty good at math. (laughs) So yeah, I, I got straight A's honor roll, like the AP classes, the whole deal. Um, but I was also really into sports. You know, I was playing in fantasy baseball leagues with uh with my friends in high school. And but at that point, I didn't realize that you could use math for fantasy baseball. So oh. I was just like, you know, oh yeah, this is what the guy did last year. He's probably gonna do the same thing again. And I was I was losing every year because that's a, right, a really bad way to draft a fantasy baseball team. Um, and then my one friend who was winning every year eventually introduced me to Moneyball. And that's when I learned, hey, you can combine sports and math and you can be actually good at this and do it in an intelligent way. And so um, that that's kind of where where I guess like really where I started with this kind of stuff. And then by the time I was a freshman in college, I was, you know, writing my own little blog and I was like actually starting to do this stuff.
0: Oh, man. So uh, so first of all, New Jersey you grew up there. Does that make you a Yankee fan? Uh. Mets fan. Oh, I'm uh, so A sorry. little embarrassed to say it, but yeah. Wow. Okay. Don't feel ashamed. All right. Don't feel ashamed about it. Actually, in some ways, I'm jealous because you have this, uh, I don't know, it's not supposed to be good. So then when it is good, you have a real fight and a real journey. I mean, for me, it's just been like, hey, the Yankees, I'm happy in life, I guess. Uh, but for the Mets, it's a real human fandom, you know? Um, is that because of your parents, I assume?
1: Um. Uh, my parents weren't actually really super into baseball. I think it was just kind of growing up, you know, I I don't know, you know, you'd watch games on TV or your friends would be into certain teams and just, you know, I guess from a really young age, you just kind of become a fan of somebody,
0: man. Okay. So, all right. So, so here you are the Met fan. I, you know, soon I'm telling you, it's going to be, it's going to be soon, Derek, you're going to get there. I hope for all America,
1: I mean, I had hopes this year. You know, they sell the team. They're moving in the right direction. They make some dumb moves, like signing, signing James McCann. But, like, they trade for Lindor, and they have money to spend now. And, like, it's exciting. But uh, they're the Mets. They're always going to find a way to
0: screw it. I know. that's There's a reason why it's lol the Mets. Uh, but anyway, my dad actually used to sing this, you know, meet the Mets, meet the Mets, come on down, and beat the Mets. Mm-hmm. That would, you know, that's just ingrained in my skull. But anyway, away from that, you went to college. Where'd you head to? Uh, nearby the little school in New Jersey
1: called the uh, Monmouth university. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Their their claim to fame, I guess, recently, maybe, I don't know, maybe not that recently, maybe five years back now when like the NCAA tournament came along, they like had this awesome bench that would like do like these like little charade skits. And like, it was on sports center all the time. And ah! if you Google it, you'll, you'll find stuff. Um, oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. But uh, you know, Just, uh, you know, nearby, close to home. Um, you know, pretty good school. I, I had a good time there. And you studied economics. I studied business, you know, at the time I didn't really like fantasy baseball, like wasn't really a career at that point. Like there were probably like two or three people, like actually making a living out of fantasy baseball at the time. So like, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Um, so I figured business would, you know, give me some options, you know, I can kind of figure it out as I go. Um, and, you know, the fantasy baseball stuff, you know, just continued to grow and it wound up working out for me. But, you know, early on, even though I was doing it and I was trying to do something with it, um, you know, I really had no idea where I was going to end up.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. I right. So, yeah, you said you started your own website where you started to talk about things, right? Uh, tell me yeah. about the inception of that. And how easy is it to actually make your own website back then? Well, it was like a blog. It was like, a, if you remember, I think it was Blogger
1: or Blogspot or one of those. Like I made sure, my yeah. own my own little blog spot blog talking about fantasy baseball and my own kind of like research and stuff with it. Um, So it, it really didn't take long to put that together. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I mean, it was cool. Like I was only doing that for like a month or two. And then the hardball times who, which at the time was like one of the big sabermetric websites. Um, they, they came to me and they were like, you know, do you want to come start a fantasy section for us? And they were my favorite site. I was like, yes, this is incredible. Like I want to do that. Um, eventually fangraphs wound up buying the hardball times. Now it's, I think, shut down entirely, but that was how I kind of got really into the industry, but
0: just through this little blog that just kind of got noticed. Right. I, uh, so let's look, work on the timeline here. So when did you start that, uh, that blog and actually what is the name of it?
1: Um, it was probably like, uh, 2009, maybe 2010, okay. somewhere around then. Um, it was called, wow. What was it called? Uh, the saber rotations, I think like saber okay. nutrition, but like roto, like for fantasy. Mm, all right. That works. Um, I like, it. I, like yeah, it. I mean, whatever. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's probably out there. If you Google that right now, you can probably find it.
0: <laughs> sure. And do you remember the, the post that you said, you know what? I'm going to start a blog and I want to talk about this thing.
1: Uh, I, I think my first post was about Felix Hernandez and about like how he was the rare kind of pitcher that could get strikeouts and ground balls and with a, you know, a, a solid walk rate. Cause a lot of times, you know, high strikeouts come with fly balls and home runs, you know, the Max Scherzer sure. kind of mold. Um, yeah. but Felix was able to do both and I thought that was really cool. And so that was, that was the first post I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's changing to being the Kluber rule, right? You get, you get essentially swing and misses and, and ground balls and all that kind of stuff. It is, a, you know, ground balls as a whole, I can go on a very long tangent and I won't because this is not necessarily a bu- baseball podcast, but I had I've had like ups and downs about ground ball rate, really being excited about it, but then neglecting um, the fact that you can just get babbip down and have high whips all the time because of this. Then, so then moving away from BABIP and then now coming, oh, sorry, away from ground ball rate, but then coming back because if you pair it with high swing strike rates, well then you're getting strikeouts and avoiding home runs and that's kind of the important thing now yeah uh, it's it's been a process with ground balls we're, we're, you know i'm still not even sure where i stand with it but that's another discussion uh so here you are you're now on the hardball times and you have to start a fantasy section you're telling you you're the manager of it right yeah yeah essentially so are, so you do you have to map out content are you in full uh management mode is it just you writing this stuff so it
1: started just me, you know, basically writing, I don't know how often it was, an article a day, you know, a couple articles a week. Um, and then eventually, you know, I, I recruited a bunch of a bunch of new writers. You know, we built like a little team there. They brought on, you know, some other people, um, you know, and it kind of it kind of grew from that. Um, so that was, that was really cool. You know, I worked with a lot of really cool people there, people who, um, you know, wound up like consulting for major league teams. And and so that was really cool. Like I, that was the first place where I really like was surrounded by like really smart sabermetric people that I could like learn from. And a lot of, um, right. you know, the stuff that goes into the bat, you know, I learned from my times at the hardball times at baseball prospectus from, from these really smart people that were, you know, kind of doing this type of thing.
0: Oh, man. So so yeah, this is your first real experience with that, right? Because I mean, you went up to college, you realized that math and baseball, oh, there's something linked there. But you you had a friend that gave you money ball, but you didn't really have that room where you can actually start asking the questions and have these conversations. Uh, and were there any specific people involved that you that really stuck with you and, and kind of took you under your wing?
1: Yeah, I mean the guy who was running the Harbaugh Times at the time, Dave Suderman. Uh, he was he was great. Uh, David Gasco was one of the big guys at the time. Uh, then um, I don't think he's doing baseball anymore, but I know he consulted for teams for a while, and he was he was really awesome. So th- those were the two main guys at at the Harbaugh Times that that kind of took me under my their wing, you know, showed me kind of what, what what was going on and taught me some stuff.
0: Right, right. Uh, and did you have any moment of, like, um, I don't know, uh, revelations? For example, for me, I remember discovering Fangraphs and going, oh, man, look at all this stuff. And then understanding Eno talk about individual pitch types and granular pitch metrics, and then seeing that we can look at an individual O-swing on a slider. And that was just an eye-opening moment for me. Did you have any of those major steps for yourself? It's tough because... It was so
1: long ago now. Yeah. I, right. I think I think the main stuff was really like, I mean, that I think of now is the is the projection stuff. You know, at the time projections weren't super advanced. You know, there was Marshall's and there was the the Sean system and whatnot. Um, and uh and Colin Wires, who uh I don't know where he's with now. Atlanta, maybe he was with Houston for a little while and he he works for teams now. Um, but he had kind of like built out like some code to like run some Marcel's type projection stuff that he kind of shared with me. And like, I asked questions and he explained stuff to me. And I think that was kind of like my first real introduction to like how to begin to build a projection system. So th- that's definitely something that sticks
0: out. So I'm going to ask a favor of you now. And I imagine a lot of our listeners are going to hope to hear the same thing is imagine we're just jumping into creating a projection system. And you're talking about uh, these other systems you build on, and I imagine a lot of people don't even know what those are. Uh, If you can, kind of work with us about, cool, you want to make a projection system. These are the first steps. These are the things that I had, that you had at your disposal back then, and this is what it is now. So let's just start at the very basics. Um, What were those foundations that you were talking about?
1: So the foundations are basically the three parts of, of, of Marcel's, which is... Regression of the mean, which is basically accounting for sample size. You know, if a guy does something over 600 plate appearances, we can believe it more than if he did it over 10 plate appearances. So like sure. accounting for that is super important. Um, uh, multiple years of weighted data, uh, which is basically not just using what happened this year or last year, using several years, but with a descending scale so that the more recent stuff is more valuable, obviously, than, than the older stuff. Um, and then aging curves, which is, you know, as guys get older, they either get better up until a certain point and then then they get worse. So accounting right. for that. And those are kind of the three basic things that uh, I think just about any projection system, you know, needs to have. And then from there, you can build on it with all the complex stuff and whatever. Uh, but those are, that's the, f- you know, the foundational stuff.
0: Okay. So that, that's the first step you have. You have the, those three elements and then, okay, you have that. Then how, how did you originally go by it? Like, You're creating your projection system, but it's got to be different than the other ones. So how did you get started with that?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I started with the basic stuff and I tried to do them in a, you know, in I thought a smart way, maybe in certain, you know, ways in terms of the methodology that like other people weren't doing, you know, trying to account for survivorship bias and aging curves or like just, just accounting for different things. But then really it's the layers on top of that, that I think, um, sets the bat apart now and and you know even at the time you know was kind of how I was trying to differentiate myself and the first one that I did was uh contextual adjustments you know it okay. didn't seem like a lot of projections at the time were they were looking at what happened but they weren't looking at the circumstances around what happened you know if mm. a player has you know a high home run rate but he's played most of his games in Citizens Bank Park and Coors Field or like these hitters parks like of course like that's going to inflate his numbers and if he's not in there going forward that's going to make a difference so like accounting for um the parks he was in the quality of the opposition the the umpires you know weather stuff like that um i think that makes a big difference you know uh for 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 knowing who the guy was in the past and then also for projecting who he's going to be in the future
0: absolutely so i mean Right. You're saying nuance. Context is everything about this. And yeah, 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 your park factor makes so much sense to us. But you know, when you're seeing a spreadsheet of numbers, it's not always something that's impacted inside these projections. So when you first started, started doing this stuff, what were the available projections out there at the moment?
1: Uh, There was Marcel's, there was uh, Sean, which was made by a guy, I think his name was Sean Smith, he wound up going on to work for some team, the Angels, maybe, I don't remember. Um, Oliver, which was Brian Cartwright's system, was around. Um, that there was probably, Oh, and probably Zips. I think Zips was st- around back okay. then, and and Pocota.
0: So, when did you make your first one? What, what year are we talking here? We like like 2012. I mean, I had started developing it for a while. I probably was starting around
1: 2010, 2011, 2012. But I didn't publish anything until at least five years later. It was kind of oh, wow. just like I was—I was building it, you know, not always, you know, quickly. You know, some slow, slow progress with it. Obviously, over the course of five years, but but really building it. And uh, and the first time I ever put it out was actually for DFS, the the, the bat that you see at Fangraphs has only been
0: there like three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, okay, so y- you're going to hate me for this question. But I think this is what everyone is, is most curious about here. When you're saying that you're building it and working on it for five years, what, what is that like? I mean, how does one just build a projection system? I, I you're talking about the things that you take into account, but is this just as simple as, all right, let's change the RBI, you know, weights from the 0.5 to 0.3. Is, is that all you're doing or is there, there's got to be much more than that.
1: Yeah, there, there's a lot more than that. Um, there, there isn't even really like weighting like that in the system where like I, I can go in and be like, well, this matters more to me now than this. Like it's all kind of done organically. Like it's a question I get a lot of times. Like people, um, especially in the DFS world, a lot of times are like, well, it looks like your projections are really like weighing park factors more than than other systems do, or weather more than other systems do. Sure. And it's like I'm not like weighing them more. It's not like I'm saying, okay, parks are like three times as valuable as like whatever. Um, it's just, it's looking at the park and it's looking at the park independently of the people who are playing in the parks and everything else. And it's saying, okay, well, if this park boosts home runs by 10% and this park reduces home runs by 13%, like that, that's what it is, you know? So a lot of it is kind of organic, um, like that. And, uh, there's just...
0: I, I mean, there's so much. I, I knew you'd it, hate me for this question.
1: It's a hard question. It's a yeah. hard question because <laughs> there's just so much that goes into it. And a lot of it, I mean, there was definitely some trial and error, you know, trying different things and having it not work out right. And um, mm-hmm. I'm not like a, a coder by nature. So like, I probably have coded this whole thing, like very, in very, very much inefficiently. You know, like sure. I, if I knew like different programming languages, I'm sure I could have done this like quicker or better, um, but I used what I knew. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you just, you build one piece at a time because it's not like you just, you just take these variables and you throw, throw them into one equation and that's it. Like you're building out every piece individually. The parks are their own thing. The temperature, your weather, wind is all its own thing. Umpires are its own thing. Defense is its own thing. And, uh, and you're, you know, you're adjusting for context and you're making sure that you're, um, you know, you're not biasing the data or your studies um, in different ways. So like there's really a lot that goes into it.
0: Sure. And I do want to go a little bit more into that. But before we do, here's a quick word from our sponsor.
2: Hey, Alex Fast here. And thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PO Plus subscription where you're going to get an ad free website and get access to our Discord where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff, plus you can hang out with our incredible Pitcherless community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at pitcherless.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code
0: all right so I uh, again Derek um, I'm going to be annoying here and I apologize but I feel like this is a really fun thing to do that I kind of want to do more on these podcasts it's really like get into the actual craft of, of what you do because it's a very special thing there's a reason why the bat and the bad x are so successful it is not easy to create a projection system so instead of obviously giving away the secret sauce that you do because duh we don't want to do that whatsoever, But we do want to get an idea of, like, hey, if I'm tomorrow building a projection system, like, what is the step-by-step process for that, and how do you really go about doing it, so that if someone else has a secret sauce, they can actually go in and actually make something new uh, on their own. So, at the very beginning of this, and I keep, I understand, dude, there're gonna be a lot of things that are probably gonna go way over all of our heads, and that's just how the nature of this is. Um, as we step into this black curtain that we don't know what's inside, what is the first thing that you do saying, all right, I'm starting a projection system today. Number one, I got to go and do this.
1: I mean, honestly, number one, as you go and you look in the mirror and you ask yourself if you really want to do this because it is not an easy thing to do. Like I've built the bat over like 10 years. Like there are really good projection systems out there, not just the bat, but all of them. And the differences between them are, you know, we're, we're fighting for, for, you know, edges, you know, it's not like any system is bad. It's not like any system, um, aside from the bat, of course is like amazing. Um, So like, you really need to like be serious about this if you want to build a system. But like, just if we're kind of talking the, the theory of it, I mean, the first thing that you need to think about are those kind of three fundamental things I said before, regression of the mean, multiple years of data, uh, aging curves, that's super important. But a lot of what it comes down to really is thinking about what you think is going to matter, what you think is going to predict the future, and testing it. And there are a number of different ways you can do that But that's really fundamentally what it comes down to is thinking of what you think is important and checking. Right. Okay.
0: So, all right. So this is good. So when you say testing something, I want to test that. um, I believe that uh, lefty-righty matchups is everything. So the more often they go against, uh, you know, I'm a platoon split guy and I want to do a strong projection about, uh, hey, when he goes against righties, I feel really confident against this guy. How would I go about testing that?
1: So, I mean, I guess the, the easy answer is, um, a lot of times for things that you want to check, it's already been checked before. So like in terms of platoon splits, like you can go and you can pick up the book by, by Tango, MGL and, and Dolphin, and they have a whole thing about platoon splits and how much they matter. And they run you through all the nitty gritty math of like how to actually test and calculate, um, how much they matter in what proportion, what sample sizes you need. Um, and it, it is extremely complex. Um, it's not like for, for the layman, but like you can go in and you can see that. Um, but really, I mean, I guess a lot of what, a lot of it, what it really is, is kind of just developing like a tool belt of these different methods of how can I test certain things and which tool makes the most sense to test this thing. Um, and that's kind of the simplest way I can, I can explain it. Hey, that.
0: That, that's a great answer. That's actionable. Definitely go look at that book. Uh, what was the name of it again?
1: It's called the book. Uh, playing the, the book. percentages in baseball. Yeah.
0: There you go. If you're interested in projections, you have to get that book. You got to read it. It'll give you a lot of these answers um, that are hard to articulate. Uh, because I mean, projections again. This they're like this magic box uh, uh, that that works, and it's it, there's just so much to it that cannot be contained in one podcast here. Um, and so I want I want to shift gears a little bit here. I mean, still talking about projections, but not in the same way. Um, when did you kind of realize that you had something special here with the bat? I think it was um, it was right away.
1: I mean, it, it was even before it was finished because DFS was kind of in it, in its infancy. But like I saw kind of the potential with it with like combining fantasy with the ability to make money and just it was like a fun concept. Um, and it was very, very new and there was nobody doing projections for it at the time. And I'd already been building the bat, um, originally for season long purposes, but then I was like, you know, I can tailor this for, for daily fantasy. I think I I can make more money doing it. I think it's going to be more fun doing it because then you get to analyze a bunch of these other things that don't matter for season long purposes. Like over the course of a season, you know, players more or less face an even mix of hitters and pitchers, umpires, but on any given day whether it's a hitter's or a pitcher's umpire, like makes a big difference. The weather makes a big difference, stuff Absolutely, like that. Yeah. Um, so that was really when I thought I kind of had something when I kind of had that, that revelation mm-hmm. we're like, okay, I can include all these things. There's nobody else doing this. There's nobody doing anything, even like a fraction of this. Um, and I think there's going to be a market for it. So
0: definitely. And that was around when 2015, you said, when you realized, okay, uh, was that when you sold it or not sold it, but started really working on it publicly. But when did you like realizing oh wait i have something that can i can really run with here i think it was the
1: first year it came out which was probably Mm. 2014 or 2015 and uh like it just it cleaned up like i think i started playing dfs that year with like $300. $300. And by the end of the year, just in cash games, I didn't like, you know, play GPPs or anything. You know, I'd made like 10 grand or something like that, Um, which which is just
0: amazing From $300. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. So that's when I was like, oh, th- this thing's good. This has potential. Like there were people using it. I was selling subscriptions at the time. They did really well with it. Um, And that's when I kind of pitched to ESPN. I'm like, look, DFS is kind of taking off. Are you guys like thinking about doing this at all? And then, all those conversations started and and that's when I really realized that like I, you know, I had something.
0: Oh, that's such an exciting moment, Derek. I mean, I, I mean, walk me through this a bit just about your life changing here. You know, you've been working on this for five years, four or five years, this this projection algorithm, which by I, I really can't emphasize enough how much of a grind that is. And and you're investing something you don't know if this is gonna work, how like how successful this could be. Um, and you're in the meantime, I think full time at hardball times. Is that right? Uh, while writing. So by that point I'd moved on to baseball
1: prospectus. And
0: then I think even after
1: that, I left baseball prospectus. I was doing, um, I was doing stuff for just kind of freelance work for, for different places, kind of trying to make ends meet a little bit. Um, and then, uh, fantasy insiders, which is no longer around, but that that's who picked me up and they, they had the bat for the first year. And, uh, that that's, you know, that's
0: really where things started taking off. Gotcha. With them. But I mean, that's, you know, I, I, I really, c- I can't emphasize enough. Like that's not easy. I mean, you're talking about no. making ends meet. You're, you're, you're trying to write as much as you can while, you know, in some, some people might call you delusional at that time saying like, what are you doing working on this other thing and trying to make <laughs> ends meet, you're talking about baseball and like, they don't see this thing that you're really passionate about. Um, and you don't even know what is at the end of this. Yeah. Uh, and it's must be, I mean, from an outsider's perspective, and I'm going to tell you like, we're so excited for you. I mean, obviously it's six years late, I'm saying in this, but still that, oh, that's such a cool feeling, man. Uh, and I'm really happy for you that, that it did work out as it did. Yeah. I, I really
1: couldn't like I couldn't be happier with it. Like, I feel very fortunate that I get to do this, that it did kind of pan out and turn into something that I could make into a career because like for a while there, like I really was not making much money. Like you didn't know where it was going to go. You didn't know what the future of, of any of this stuff was. And you're kind of just building it, speculating that it could turn into something. Um, and, uh, you know, hoping that, that you can do something that you're passionate about. Not everybody
0: is, uh, is so fortunate. So, you know, I feel very lucky. Absolutely i uh, I mean, well deserved though you you put in the hours it's the stuff doesn't just show up overnight. You want to create the bat X tomorrow? Well, it's gonna take some time uh and so so talk to me about that a little bit, um, where you have the bats and you amazingly, and I didn't even know that you were <laughs> debuting the Bat X at pitchcon last year, which is yeah. just such a fantastic like what? oh man, we have an exclusive here at pitchcon. um. So when did that shift happen when you realized that you could start incorporating the StackCast data and really create the bad X? I mean,
1: really, as soon as StackCast data came out, Mm -hmm. like you look at the data and you're like, you know, this is cool stuff. Like this should be in the projection. Um, And it took me a lot longer to actually do it than, uh, you know, than I wanted to because just... I'm, I'm busy. You know, there, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Sure, yeah, um, and, and it takes time to develop this kind of stuff. Like the pitcher side of the bad X still isn't out yet. I started developing yes. that in 2016.
0: Good. Never, never. Keep me in business, Derek, please.
1: <laughs> no, but I mean, it's a lot of the same stuff you guys talk about there. Like it's, it's just going to be, you know, rolled into one number. But I mean, I've been developing that since I think 2015 or 2016. And it's just taken a lot of time. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that's really what it comes down to is like figuring out, I said it before, like figuring out what you think matters and, and testing it and then incorporating it, you know? So there's a lot of really good data, especially for pitchers, um, -hmm. that, uh, you know, that, that projections really aren't good at capturing right now.
0: Absolutely. Um, you can give me a veiled answer for this. I, what would you say though, is the hardest part about like, you're able to do it for hitters and you can't do it for pitchers yet. And you're still working on that one. What is the biggest obstacle that you're seeing for creating that projection for for pitchers with the ass data?
1: Um, I don't know if I'd say there's any obstacles. It's just that pitchers are more complex than hitters. Hitters, and, and that's just the, the nature of the data. Like for hitters, we have you know barrels and exit velocity and whatever. Um, but for pitchers, like we have this really granular pitch level stuff. You know, we know the exact flight of the ball from, you know, the pitcher's hand to home plate. And there's so many things that go into pitching and there's so like, I probably have several hundred variables for every single pitch that has ever been thrown um, to throw into this. So like figuring out what matters and what doesn't. And that really requires like very, very complex models to be able to, to really capture it the best way you can. Um, So, you know, pitching is just, just more complex.
0: Are, are you talking neural network stuff with like GAM boost or X boost uh, GAM models?
1: Yep. So, uh, so that's actually a little beyond my own capability. So I'm working with someone who is kind of an expert in machine learning and he is helping gotcha. me build these using, you know, uh, you know, uh, xg boost trees and you know stuff like that so so that's definitely part of it yeah
0: yeah i surprised you with that didn't i uh, you didn't you didn't see that coming Derek. a little bit, yeah <laughs> <laughs> no um so all right so that i'm excited for that um i'm excited to uh you know go toe to toe with the bad X for pitchers now um no i'm excited for you i'm sure yeah you've been working on that for ages um and i i know you don't have a, a certain date right now but we're looking forward to that in the near future, um, and I want to I want to shift now back to you are working with a uh, hardball times baseball prospectus. You put out the bat. What is your day to day like from there? Is it just more writing? Is it more just perfecting uh, this projection system? I mean, the way you know we kind of see from the, uh, from back here, it's like, oh, you have a fantastic projection system. You sell it. It's doing incredibly well. Um, all you kind of need to do is maintenance on that, but I imagine there's a lot more to it than that.
1: Oh yeah, there's a lot more to it, especially because the original version of the projection system is is nothing like the the one that you know I currently have. Mm, because sure, like I, I'm not the kind of person that is comfortable just like you know resting on his laurels or whatever the the phrase is. Like right, I want right. to continually be. I mean, my goal is to be the best. I always want to be the best. I want to make my things as good as possible. And I want to keep finding ways to improve them. That's why I built the Bat-X and now the Bat-X Pitchers. Um, so like when the bat originally came out, it didn't incorporate minor league data. It didn't incorporate weather. It didn't incorporate, um, I don't even know what it had originally at this point, but like lots of things got added over time, you know, to make it better. Um, so a lot of it was was building that, was again, you know, writing, trying to make things, you know, Work, you know, until you know I got to a point where I really could, you know, make a living out of this. Uh, So yeah, that's kind of what the
0: day to day was like. Was a lot of a lot of building and coding. And these days, is it just more of that same stuff, or are you also writing on the side or uh, other other ways of expression? I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a lot of continuing to improve the process, improve the projections. Um, Obviously, you know, I sell subscriptions to the bat now, so there are. Subscribers who always have questions about the best way to use it, what goes into it, trying to understand it better. So, like a lot of uh, like a lot of customer service duties, I guess is is part of my day right now, which is you know great. I love talking with people. I love hearing when they're doing well with it. Um, uh, not as much writing anymore. I do some writing. Um, I'm doing uh, a lot of uh, sports betting type stuff now. We're trying to get into sports betting. I sure, have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have like a good a good relationship with. There's a site called EV Analytics. Um, it has some of my um, bad X data and stuff like that, and it's going to have all of the bats like sports betting data. So you'll be able to see, you know, what the bat thinks um, of every single game, every single day, compared to Vegas um, player prop stuff, like all kind of stuff like that. Um, so we're working on that, and uh, you know, different tools therein. So a lot of that right now is is stuff that I'm working on. Um, obviously the bad X pitchers I'm working on there. There's always a lot of different things going on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, all right. So enough about projections. Uh, I, I, I've, I've, I don't know, put your, your feet to the coals enough. Uh, talking about the projections. I want to know more about Derek Cardi, the person, not, not the bad X, not, not, you know, not this uh, amazing projection system that you've made. So very first question, Derek, outside of your love for basketball as well, what are your major hobbies? Um, I mean, I'm lucky because I love what I do
1: for a living. And so like I enjoy working. So right. working, working isn't work for me. So that that is first and foremost, you know, my main hobby. Right. Uh, when it's not a pandemic, I love to travel. I love seeing new places and meeting new people. Um, I really love uh, film. Uh, you know, I like movies a lot.
0: Um, you know, hanging out with my friends, drinking, you know, the, the
1: usual stuff. Right. Where um,
0: I so when you're saying traveling, what places have you been that's like, oh my god, I cannot wait to go back there? Um uh last year I was in not
1: I mean, this pandemic. I know, I know it's been so a year. Long. It's been a full year, Darren. It really has. So last year I wasn't anywhere, I guess. <laughs> um but the year before that, um uh I took a uh, I was in Europe for a little bit. I went to to Germany. Um, I went to a few different cities. Um, I loved it there. My grandmother uh, was born in Germany, so like I saw where she oh, wow. was born, um, which yeah. was really cool. Um, you know, I, I went to Munich. I went to like uh, like you know like the famous beer halls and like stuff like that. Sure I went to yeah. I went over to Austria to to Vienna, um, which yeah. is just, like a beautiful
0: city. Um, I, I was there in a uh, two thousand sixteen. Okay. Uh, in Vienna. my sister used to live there. Um, oh, really? Yeah, my sister uh, taught in international school with her husband in Vienna. Uh, it's it's where my grandmother grew up too. So wonderful. I mean, it, it's a gorgeous city. The architecture oh, yeah. there, uh, yeah, uh, breathtaking. Yeah, it really uh, is. Um, yeah.
1: So, so I mean, I loved Vienna. I'm a I'm a big fan of Ferris wheels. I love Ferris wheels, and they have really? I, be- I believe it's the oldest Ferris wheel in the world. Is that um, right? Yeah. So,
0: man. So you don't have like any heights anxiety whatsoever.
1: I mean, I'm a little scared of heights, but like, I like, I like, I don't know. I like things that are beautiful. Like I love like being high and seeing a view of a beautiful city. So like anytime I go to a city, I try to go to, you know, go to the highest place I can have, you know, some cities they'll have, you know, a restaurant in like a spinning bar, like at the, the highest highest place yeah. in the city and you go and you have a drink and you look at the whole city. And I love that kind of thing. So I love, yeah. I love Ferris wheels. That's like a bucket list thing for me. I want to go on like the 10 best Ferris wheels in the world. Oh,
0: I love that Derek. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I went to Belgium on the same trip. They went to Vienna. I have a friend there who uh, took me to all the, um, uh, the panoramic points of the city is what she called it. Mm-hmm. So we would go to all you know all the roofs that we could find and look at everything. I think that's such a great way of exploring a city is to find that yeah find the Ferris wheel so you can see out and everything like that. Uh, and maybe really kind of rethink when I travel again uh, how to do that, how to actually like take advantage of a city. Sure, you do like the walking tour, just get a sense of it on the ground and then find those those vantage points. Oh, yeah. I think that's great. So I imagine you've been to London, then you must have. I haven't been to London yet. Actually, oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, that's a Ferris wheel, right? And, oh yeah, and, yep. London, and, London
1: Eye is on the list. <laughs>
0: there you go. And you've been to Coney Island in Brooklyn when you were here for Tout Wars, I assume.
1: Uh, I not when I was there for Tout, but I've been there as a kid. Okay,
0: good. So you've been to that Ferris wheel. I'm trying. I'm <laughs> trying now. My whole brain is like, what famous Ferris wheels? I'm <laughs> I'm terribly thinking of one um, from like Call of Duty. Uh, I think they had like some scene where there was a Ferris wheel and I should not be thinking of that. One. <laughs> but I, uh, oh, that that's great. So um, what's, yeah, what's next on your list when, you know, this whole thing is done? You're fully vaccinated, all that stuff. I have actually get my, I don't know when, if you've already been vaccinated or not. I get my second shot tomorrow. I, I'm so Good for excited. you. I got my first shot about a week ago. So. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> all right. Good. Good. We're getting there, right? We're getting back to that normalcy. Yeah. What is the, the first place you're going to go to?
1: Um, so we're talking about doing um a trip this summer, or I guess a couple trips this summer because I like it's it's been rough being like cooped up like this, so definitely going to take some time this summer. We're talking about going to um like a if Canada is open, we're gonna go do uh Cooperstown and then we're gonna go to Niagara Falls on the Canada side, sure. Um, just because like it's kind of close by, it's like an easy you know, like weekend trip, Niagara Falls. Niagara Skywheel is one of the top 10 Ferris wheels oh, in the is world. is that right?
0: There it is. <laughs> Knock it out. Let's
1: so go. It's, it's convenient, but it's also, you know, it's like a nice place to go. And then uh, my aunt and uncle have a house in Greece, so we're talking about going there um, Absolutely. in August, you know, going and seeing a bunch of different places in Greece, um, kind of spending time with them, so
0: um, I think that would be a lot of fun. I heard they have fantastic lightning there, and I'm so sorry. I tried to hold that joke back, and I just couldn't. I just could not... <laughs> Do it, Derek. Um, all right. So you also said that you're you're into film. Yeah. Uh, did Nomad Land deserve to win the Oscar?
1: Honestly, Nomad Land was my least favorite of the Oscar oh, movies no. this year. <laughs> I mean, it, it like it was beautifully shot, like, but I don't know. It's not like I'm like a, a film snob or anything. Like I can't like I get like why people love it for like the technical aspects of it and the cinematography and like the, the everything, but like, I like a movie that has a little more plot than that, you know, mm-hmm. like, and and that just
0: wasn't, wasn't like there for me. Um, yeah, so when, when does the plot projection system land for <laughs> films?
1: It's a good question. Whenever I find some free time in the middle of everything else I'm doing.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I can see that. Well, I mean, I'm trying to think of what the, there there must be projection systems for predicting the Oscar winners.
1: Oh, there okay. definitely are. And, right? Yeah, there definitely are. Like Vegas puts
0: out odds every year, so like you, like you knew going in, like Nomadland, like this is the favorite. Um, oh wow, okay. I, I had no idea what the the nominations were. I didn't even remember that it was Oscar night until somebody reminded me at like nine o'clock or whatever. Well, it's uh, weird. They don't normally have them this time of year, but it all got pushed back because of you know it's usually in like the end of February. Do you see that makes sense? Okay, right. I I think I knew that internally. It was kind of strange. There it was. Um, but what was your favorite film then of the lot? Uh, I like Promising Young Woman and uh, Trial of the Chicago 7, the best. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. Good choices. I like that. Uh, and what would you say is your favorite film? Like of all time? Of all time. Not like the best. What do you like? There's a difference between what you think is the best film of all time and what your favorite film is. Um... It's a tough question.
1: Like, there's so many good movies out there. And lately sure. I've been watching so many of them because, like, being cooped up in quarantine, I'm like, this is so boring. I have nothing to do. I mean, aside from work. Like, I work a lot. But, like, when I'm not working yeah, um, and, like, spending time with the people around me, like, I'm like... I feel like I need to accomplish something. I need to like do something with my life. This is how so, you make a
0: projection system over five years, guys. You got to have that internal drive of purpose.
1: Yeah. Even for stupid things, I have that. Like it's just part of my personality. So like I made a bucket list. Um, I made like all the things I want to do for the rest of my life. And like some of the things I'm like, okay, well, what can I actually do while I am like stuck here? Right. Um. So I want to watch, you know, the top couple hundred films of of all times like i've been watching like all these great classic films and it's been awesome um so it's hard to pick one especially because i've seen so many of them recently but like star wars is fantastic like the dark knight is fantastic like if we're talking about like older stuff like i love casablanca um like all all the ones you would think of
0: was there one that really stuck out that like you hadn't seen before and you were just no it was a good movie but then all of a sudden you saw it and go oh i i really understand
1: Um, what have I seen? Like, um, I saw a bridge on the river Kwai recently, which, Mm -hmm. um, like, like you hear people talk about and it's old, maybe they don't talk about it anymore, but like older people do. Um, and that I just thought was was fantastic um really? 12, okay. 12 angry men I thought was incredible oh, that's a
0: great film and oh, that, it's so simple a like, episode yeah
1: yeah it's like based on a play it just all takes place in one room and yep. so like you go in and you're like okay like is this gonna
0: be good and oh my god it's so good <laughs> it really 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 is uh very very well done uh film there um yeah I, I have so much respect for um yeah as I said a bottle episode or any you know any tv show episode or film that just stays in one location and just has not only just dialogue but also the you know the actual proper acting in front of you um, to drive the entire story and and film Uh, and that's just so so well done Um, and does your does your love for film also uh, bleed into television as well
1: yeah it does um not not as not to the, the same extent but yeah i especially a few years back i used to watch a lot of tv um i still like tv when i have time i'll put sure. put stuff on in the background while i'm working sometimes okay and what is like the one show you recommend to everybody uh i think it's probably arrested development like i'm just oh, such, yeah. such a huge arrested fan
0: so oh, it's so good <laughs> it's, it's it's just it's just so good yeah I mean, you you watch an episode and you'll watch it five times and on the fifth time you'll you always get something new from it yeah it, it's it's so brilliant and like ah the whole interweaving plots and you'll mm-hmm. pick up like in the beginning of the episode was a hint at something else later in the episode exactly it's, like it's
1: it, and like i don't know it's not for everybody like if you know it's not like gonna hit you over the head with its comedy but like you know it's
0: Oh, a... no. I judge people who don't like Arrested Development. <coughs> I, I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but uh, but it certainly is. I mean, that's, I don't know. That's my taste of comedy. Absolutely. Um, Arrested Development's a fantastic choice. Um, moving away from the the typical, you know, uh, entertainment stuff, uh, I want to dip into philosophy a little bit. I did this early on and I, I'm, a, I'm a philosophy nut. I, I love talking about this stuff. Um, so for example, uh, Derek, do you have any mantras that you live by? I in college kind of just sat down one day. I was like, Oh yeah, I have four mantras now. And I I like hearing what other people have, have kind of picked up and remind themselves constantly. Is there one that you have for yourself? That's really
1: cool. So I don't have, I guess a mantra per se, like a, like a specific phrase or like set of words that like I live by, but there's definitely like like beliefs and like, uh, mindsets that kind of drive, drive who I am and drive my life. And I think really just trying to be the best is, is the main thing, like mm. trying your hardest and trying to be the best at everything, not just like the things you care about the most, not just like, you know, your work or whatever your like primary passion is like, like everything like it's why i have this stupid you know bucket list of movies i want to see it's not stupid
0: stupid. that's good that's it's a drive that's an outline you know it's so important for us to i mean i say this often like i am i am happiest when i have things i'm looking forward to you know you have things that you plan out and you're like cool these are things i'm going to accomplish and i want to do and and live right and a bucket list of of things you want to be able to tackle and get to and a list of the movies you got to see all that kind of stuff drives you every day when you have an opportunity you say great cool I can tackle that thing that's a very invigorating feeling and helps us a lot with motivation so that's not stupid in the slightest Derek I think it's great
1: (laughs) yeah so I mean I, I think having drive is important I think uh being grateful for what you have, you know, regardless of how much or how little it is, just being grateful, being, being happy with who you are while Mm. still trying to be your best self, you know, like, you know, not everyone's going to be perfect. Um, but being happy with who you are while striving for perfection, I think is, is a really important, uh, Mm. thing for me. I
0: love that. Uh, yeah. Personal inventory, right. Be honest with what you find when you, when you look into yourself, right. I see what that is. If you don't like something about it, well, why is it that way? And okay, what can you do to to change it so that's something you do like, right? Yeah, we exactly. We flaws. We all have, you know, nobody's perfect or Po buddy's if you want to call it like that. Um but <laughs> yeah, that's that's a very, very good thing. I like that, Derek. I like that a lot. Um when you go on to the I'm gonna go off the deep end here uh, uh, of philosophy. All right. Um, parallel alternate multiverses where do you stand with that stuff
1: i don't have concrete beliefs with all that but i if forced to choose i would say that yeah i think that kind of stuff is real
0: i, I think okay. there's, yeah so so you're uh, w- which one specifically like there's infinite amount of universes it's just there's a parallel one right i think infinite amount right right it just makes too much sense there's just too much chaos yeah there has to be <laughs> like it can't be fully deterministic all the no. way through it doesn't make that's no fun no it, it doesn't make
1: sense there, there's too many decision points in life at, for like this to just be like it like every single one branches off into something else right. and you know
0: yeah. So, I mean, obviously I'm getting this from someone who makes projections trying to say that it's not always going to be perfect. So, of course, it can't be deterministic. <laughs> but no, of course not. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm the same way with that. Do, do you think about this stuff often? Is this something that you, I don't know, through your given day, are you constantly uh, searching, I guess, for this stuff? Or are you just kind of like, hey, I like this stuff, but I'm going to gonna focus elsewhere?
1: I mean, I guess it depends. You know, if, if a thought you know, that I find interesting crosses my mind. I'll take time and think about it. A lot of times, um, you know, it, it depends. A lot of times I really am so busy. I'm coding, I'm doing other things that like I don't have time for like. Um, it's the kind of yeah. stuff I'd like to think more about. I just haven't, you know, I haven't done it yet. You
0: don't have to. I I mean, it, it's, I think it's actually good that you don't because if you if you were so completely entrenched in it, that would mean that the other things that you've wanted to achieve are beginning pushed on the side you know i yeah i was even talking to my dad about this the other day saying nick when i was around your age you know i had a kid and you know i had your sister and all that stuff and that's all i'm thinking about is just every single day is that with you with your mom just focusing on that game i worked on so that i can come home in that and there's a piece to that you know um and Absolutely. Again, what you're talking about with the purpose so yeah if you dwelled on this so much then it then it would kind of mean that everything else isn't uh isn't carrying that drive that you normally talk about so i think i think that's a good thing that's, that's
1: a positive i also like as much as possible concrete answers and uh you mm-hmm. can't get concrete answers with this so like oh yeah that, that more like you know being in in the present mindfulness kind of thing um, um especially because uh, what i do is very stressful so like it helps me sure. kind of like calm down like be like gives me some perspective that type of thing
0: Absolutely, and uh, when we talk about that drive and that pursuit, um, so what what is the the end game for Derek Cardi? When you see yourself, you know, constantly growing and and improving inside this field as you are, uh, where does it go for you? Is it just I just want to have the definitive projection model that everyone refers to, and that's it? Is it is it the bat and the bat X as your brand, or is it Derek Cardi with the bat X and the bat?
1: Honestly, I'm fine either way. You know, I think some people kind of think of me in the bat, you know, in conjunction, some just one or the other. You know, I think either way is fine. Um, there's no necessarily end goal in mind. I mean, I don't know how there can be for any of us. Like the industry right now is so much different than it was two years ago or five years ago or 10 years ago. Sure, um, yeah. So, like, how are we supposed to know where it's going to be in the future? So, all I can do is just try to be. The best that i can be at what i do try to stay on the cutting edge of things and follow you know where the industry is going and just you know do the best i can you know i I love what i do it's not like i feel like i need to change anything it's just kind of stay stay up with things and and keep being the best i can be
0: well that i mean that's a great answer um yeah i guess i'm taking that as okay so your focus is five years from now Derek cardi's like hey I don't know what that's going to be, but the best I can do right now is just make the bat and the bad X as good as it can be.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, follow, follow where, where the industry's going, you know, evolve with it if I need to. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just kind of see what happens,
0: man. Yeah. So, I mean, I have many answers for this question because I I have have like 20 things I want to (laughs) do. Um, one, I will say that I've mentioned before on this stuff is the evolution of um, obviously the embracing of numbers has been unbelievable in the best way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that stuff is just better information and we're never going to really stop that pursuit of the best information. So for you, I mean, that's just easy. Go ahead, keep making the best information, right? Um, but there's the intersection of that and uh, it, it's it's kind of interesting to me. There's this whole, whole uh, battle for ages of like, the the popular kids and the nerds which is hilarious to me because to me like nerds are the coolest and i don't think they should be the most popular <laughs> but but the but the mindset of that too is the popular ones are the ones doing the entertainment business they're the talent they're the ones that are the faces of everything right then you have the nerds i'm, I'm using a, a rabbit ears or whatever right are just supposed to be the ones behind the scenes. They're not supposed to be in the forefront of it. They're supposed to be the ones helping that talent do well and present. And what we're kind of seeing right now, I think, is those two are now combining where you need that information and you need it everywhere, but you also need that uh, it's all video content now. It's all face. Everyone is being so turned off by a corporate entity. Uh, as they should. I mean, in many ways, like cor- yeah, the whole corporation thing is very much of a real problem. But it's all in your face. Like Here's the YouTube uh, clip of this. Now I'm tw- streaming on Twitch and here's my Patreon. It's a lot more individualized humans as the brand. Um, and now we're getting more of a merge, which is so great. You know, before the numbers stuff was just like in an office on the computers whatever. It's like so far removed from the public eye. And now as numbers are like, hey, let's talk about the bad X, you know, let's do this, but we gotta actually be present in the in the entertainment spot, not just the behind the scenes analytics spot. So I don't know, it's interesting merge for me. I feel it's all coming to a point of demanding airtime and demanding attention. And that's where we're at now. Um, so it makes me think that like I my yeah, you know, the, the path that I have to be going on is okay, Alex Fast and I run a show or something like that. That's just what we do. We just that's everything is is a conglomerate up to that. Um, I don't know. It, it's 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 a weird time. Everything's moving so, so fast. And we did get this a little bit of slowdown with quarantine, like a touch of it because you know we had to. We had to kind of like reassess, but in some ways actually exploded more because now we're all at home and we have this, you know we we're, we're talking over video chat right now. I mean, everyone is now learning this much faster than we expected. It's going to be a weird year of normalcy. Like, I don't know. I, 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 I it's, it's going to be crazy, Derek, and I, and I hope it's good for all of us. That's all I got. There's you. rambles over.
1: Yeah, no, I, I am very much looking forward to normalcy. And, uh, and I, I think you're right. I think we are seeing a lot of this, uh, this nerdy, you know, stat stuff starting to come Sweet. to the forefront it's a the little best. bit more.
0: Yeah, which is really um, cool. The word nerd doesn't, isn't a negative anymore. I love it. Yeah. Oh, nerd's are the best. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> oh man. Um, but anyway, Derek, I, I, I I've taken up a lot of your time here. This is, this has been fantastic. A great peek into the world of creating projection system, how hard they are, um, how much work it takes. Um, and it, just an idea of like, this is the guy behind the bat. Like it's Derek. He's fantastic. He's, a, he's well, a super, super nice guy. Knows obviously what he's talking about and loves Ferris wheels. Uh, <laughs> and I, I'm just so, so lucky to have talked to you. So really, thanks so much for being here. I want to give you a good you know 30 second submit. Just talk about all the stuff that you're working on uh, and where they can find you.
1: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Derek Cardi. You can find the bat in a bunch of different places depending on what you want to use it for. For season long, it's at Fangraphs. For DFS, it is at Roto Grinders. And for sports betting, it is at EV analytics. I'm uh working on making all that better, working on the bad X for pitchers, using all the great, you know, pitch level stat cast stuff. So uh look out for that in the coming, I don't know, hopefully month or so. Oh
0: wow. Oh yeah.
1: We'll have to see.
0: I'm excited for that. Oh my God. Uh well, awesome. I'll give i uh, give Derek a follow on Twitter at Derek Cardi, of course. Uh and Derek, thanks so much for being here for everybody else. We'll be back next Wednesday, and I'll talk to you guys next week.